Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Shropshire Football Podcast. My name is Luke Hatfield. You're here with us, episode 12 today, and it is just the two of us. Might as well get a little candle between us alongside the microphone. I'm joined by none other than our Shrewsbury Town reporter here at the Shropshire Star, Mr. Lewis Cox. Hello, Luke. How are you? Yeah, it's a bit lonely in here, isn't it? We're uh, it's a bit quiet. A couple of men down. Um, so just battling on, aren't we? The two of us, you know, not an unspectacular, unremarkable week for Shrewsbury Town. Nothing, nothing big on the horizon or anything. Um, no, no, very quiet one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, obviously busy, busy time transfers, and uh, and yeah, the small matter of the FA Cup and Wolves to come. Yeah, that's it. I mean, um, no Joe Edwards today. That's that's due to uh, another Joe in the office taking him away from us. Mr. Joe Massey is currently very sick. Former uh, town reporter. Former town reporter. Now Walsall reporter Joe Massey has. Uh, he's, he's he's got the man flu. Allergy. He, he didn't make it to uh, their trip to to Plymouth last <laughs> night. A bit, bit of a coincidence for me, that one, to be honest. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to make that much light of it, considering town go to uh, to Plymouth on a Tuesday night in March. So Yeah, well, fortunately, know. I won't be joining you for that one. You sure? You, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I won't be there. You're busy that night? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty busy. Um, but no, Joe Edwards willingly stepped in to Joe Massey's. Willingly? Well, I mean, contractually. contractually. <laughs> I think... I don't know this, but I think he had to uh, to check in with the boss. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, you know, I I know if I had to check in with the boss, and I don't mean the boss at work, boss. I, I don't know how well it'd go down. I don't know about yourself. Um, to be honest, um, my my Mrs. Lucy would probably be delighted. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say you are the boss. Oh no! Because way, we no all way. know that. Um, you know, we all know the male isn't the boss. So, hundred percent no. Um, and to be honest, that that relationship um, between me as employee and Lucy as boss has been, uh, let's say it's it's grown of late because we've we've recently um, had an offer accepted for a house, which means that there's a lot of paperwork and stuff coming uh, my yeah, way. Yeah. I'm just handed and said, Luke, sign here, sign here, <laughs> sign yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Do I need yeah. to read any of it? Yeah. No. So um, yeah, Joe was given permission by uh, by Sophie to to head down to the south coast. Fair play to her. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she enjoyed the, um, you know, the quiet. Yeah, yeah. Who wouldn't miss Joe Edwards? But we'll have to miss him today and, and bravely plough on. I'm sure the listening crowds are all missing him, uh, but he must be loving life in a in a travel lodge down in Plymouth. That's what he told me because he uh, he messaged me saying, "Am I the am I the guy working last night?" I was like, "Yes, yes, I'm working." He's like, "Oh, I get to stop in travel lodge tonight." I was like, "Brilliant, mate. Enjoy it." <laughs> it's not the Ritz, is it? But Let's be enough. frank. It's very nice of our employees to um, to put the reporters up overnight. I mean, can you imagine not a seven forty five kick off? I agree. In Plymouth, Plymouth is an extreme example of that, but you know they they also have been kinder to put us up in in much shorter distances. So, not one to be sniffed at. Is that the furthest game of the season, by the way, for you? In League One, yes. Um, in League One, yes, this season. Well, having said that, Sunderland has just sprung to mind which which town did a few weeks ago just after Christmas I think they're similar I don't know about mileage mm. but I think I remember looking and Google Maps said Sunderland took three and a half hours for me it was actually a bit less than that and I think I think Plymouth's further I think but not by that much 
Um, I mean, both of them are a trek. Yeah. I've done Middlesbrough earlier this season, and that one was I a was long one. I was fortunate with Sunderland, I think, in that it was about three hours up the road, three hours back down, and, you know, that's fortunate. So that tells you everything you need to know about that. But yeah. um, in the current snowy conditions... Oh, God. I you mean, know, that, I mean, Plymouth just made that bit much worse that Joe had the white stuff. Weird, though. He was reporting on the game from behind the goal. Uh, I have an answer to that. Um... I haven't been there yet this season, going in for a few months, as I say. The work on a home park, they're, they're currently building work mm-hmm. to, to reinstall the main stand, which is where the indoor press box is. So the uh, the Plymouth Live reporter Chris Errington told me earlier in the season that, yeah, you are reporting from behind the goal, which I don't think I've ever done. Strange. I, and I spent a couple, good couple of years in, in low non-league reporting at some empty... You wouldn't even call them stadiums. You and can pick where you want to report from them. Well, of course. Of places. Do you know what I did? I did. Where was I? I was somewhere and I reported from behind a goal. I want to say Bowl Hall Swifts. Oh, yeah. Big side. Yeah, yeah. It's Tamworth way, I think, when I was uh, more afield in the Midlands. And, yeah, I, I was behind a goal there, I've got a feeling. But it, it wasn't easy. And I think there were a lot of goals down the other end. Yeah, there were. He was struggling. Because like, Joe was struggling because he said, I thought so-and-so scored, but it's hard because I'm having to look for a net. Yeah, not ideal. No, I, I'm, I mean, as a fan, I've always... I mean, listeners to this podcast will probably know that I'm an Aston Villa fan. I always used to sit in the hole and behind the goal. I was just my preferred place to sit. But to report on a game, is, it wouldn't be the easiest in the world, would it? Not at all. And I, you know, can't wait for Plymouth away in March. Hopefully it's a bit warmer. Yeah, fingers crossed you get um, you get an early spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is an indoor press box there generally. I don't know if this uh, building works complete by then, but but who knows, you know, come a couple of months' time, you know, we don't know what position town are being in League One. Will there still be just a couple of points above the drop or whatever it is? It could could be a huge game. And I think most of the league games between now and the end of the season for sure be could well be big games. So yeah, let's Let's uh, park Plymouth away for me because I don't want to think about it at the moment <laughs> until I have to think about it in March. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, it's easy reported on a game uh, from behind the goal if you win 3-0, but it's, it's made even worse if you don't. And we're going to talk through some of the games which we've been catching up on now. And the first one, Shrewsbury Town nil, Charlton 3. Yeah. That was not a fun game to report on from you, um, I imagine. No, no, it was tough. Tough afternoon uh, going back there. That was... We we did the podcast obviously last time with uh, with Tom Leach and, and Joe Edwards after the one one draw with Stoke and you know, town, town gave a very good account of themselves against Championship opposition. Then they brought Charlton to the Meadow on a, on a Saturday. Um, high flying Charlton has to be said, good side, the best front two in the in League One this season. Um, Lyle Taylor looks as he has done for a few years a bit too good for the level, and they had a lad called. Kalan Grant alongside him Pace. linked with West Brom now yes yes he's caught the eye of well that tells, tells you all doesn't it linked with a, a lot of big clubs I think Premside as well Huddersfield or something like that and mm. and um, they were up front together and you know Pace Power they were gave Matt Sadler and Luke Waterfall in particular a torrid time uh, Luke Waterfall had a particularly bad day uh, didn't, enough, didn't score enough. too high on the player ratings if I remember right no he didn't he, um, he copped a or I think from Tom Leach uh, a lot of fans told told Tom uh, online on social media that that was kind yeah which you know player ratings are personal personal opinion you, you, there could have been an argument for 
for Waterfall getting getting less than that. You can never had, you can never you can never please everyone with no, your no, player no. rating, can you? Waterfall has been a scapegoat. A scapegoat might be the wrong word this season. He's been the fall guy this season. Mm-hmm. Um, when he was John Askey signing and and for the first couple of games, given the captain's armband for fans' favourite Matt Sadler and. He was. He had a very slow start. Waterfall. He gave away. I remember a couple of penalties in the early moments, and just didn't look up to the pace. He has. He he, he recovered to an extent, and he has scored some important goals, um, as well as if you know if, if you're in a. He's a big, strong sort of football league defender. He'll head win all his headers and he'll kick clearances, but he, he lacks pace. And if if it's on the deck, and if you got two strikers like Charlton did charging at him. It's going to be tough for him, and it was. Um, he sort of at fault to a couple of the goals, and it was a bad day. Um, though, as Sam Ricketts rightly said that day, uh, I think it was just, yeah, they were 1 0 down at half time, and it was a fairly even first half, and it could have gone could have gone differently. Josh Loren had the first chance, big chance of the game, and at 1 0 half time, it was even. You know, it, it was even, and the boss was fairly happy with the first half, but the second half was a bit of a catastrophe, I think. Yeah, Ricketts said they. Sort of had a crisis of confidence, sort of collapsed a little bit, and it, and it could have been six or seven for Charlton. It was, it was grim actually. It was a difficult one, uh, one of the the tougher ones this season. But you know, you you do have to look at, at Charlton and why they're in such a good position within the playoffs, and they'll be there or thereabouts absolutely because they've got real firepower. It's starting to sound like Steve Bruce there, there or thereabouts. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's never. It's never a good look losing three 0 at home. But were there any? Were there exactly. any positives to draw from that? Well, I remember looking at the stats. Actually, it was the heaviest home defeat since the start of my time covering town. So three seasons, uh, heaviest home defeat in you know getting off two and a half years. What was the previous one? Um, it was a three 0 as well. Um, so it matched the heaviest one mm. before that. It was a Tuesday night. Actually, it, it just after Mickey Mellon was sacked. Or Mickey Mellon left, I should say. Um, and in Danny Coyne's caretaker period where Coyne lost four from four games and it was Sheffield United on a Tuesday night and Billy Sharp scored a couple at a meadow for a 3-0 so it's been a long time you know the whole of the Hurst era and, mm. and whatnot that lost that much at home positives well as I said the first half was even and they, they could have took the, taken the lead with a bit more I suppose composure from the rent that first chance and it would have been a different game wouldn't it if Town had taken the lead yeah. you know it, it it sets the, the whole atmosphere and the type of game and the, the tone becomes different. Um, but Charlton edged ahead and, and looked comfortable and, and strong. Um, so you can ta- you could take that, but I mean, we've, we've had a couple of games since that have sort of moved things on. I mean, I think you can take that from that, that if Ricketts is looking for, for places to work and perhaps he has um, looked to combat it recently, is that, you know, Omar Beckles got his place back in the heart of the defence for yeah. that bit more mobility and, and and pace and dynamism that he can offer that maybe Sadler and Waterfall can't in a back three which we'll speak about later and you know maybe that was a catalyst to change things yeah that and a good old Cruyff turn from Neymar Beckles you can always expect something like that Neymar Beckles Neymar Beckles that indeed. Twitter account no longer it does exist but it's it, it, um, it sadly is it, is it now unmanned yeah it became void um, sort of after the player final, it, it felt like it was a part of last season. It was it yeah. was good fun, and you know whoever was in charge of Neymar just thought, "I'm going to park this era," and you know. Yeah, it's tough to commit to that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, let's talk on something about a little bit more cheery. Uh, well, I say a little bit, a lot more cheery. 
Um, yeah. The 3-2 win over Stoke, I mean, there was a point I was quite worried for Shrewsbury Town in that game. Yeah. But I tell you what, if you're going to put on a late show... Am I right to say you were on annual leave that week? I was indeed, yeah. I was um, I was on annual leave. What day was that game? Tuesday night. It was Tuesday night, yeah. I was on annual leave. So I wasn't actually working, but no. I did have my eye on him, mate. Always got my eye out. Good, good to hear. I like to hear that. Um, well, you know, I, I said in a couple of videos from the Bet365 with, with Tom, who was there with me. Well, I couldn't, you know, it was hard to find words on the night. It was... Uh, I've certainly said since it was the best moment, the best game I've covered in my time. It was really up there for for town in terms of FA Cup games, away days, comebacks. You know, when you factor in division above all this, it was blooming amazing. It was you'd have to, if I was to be totally honest, you'd have to use a, a number of bleeps. Uh, Don't do that. It's, it's a lot of editing for me if you do that. Oh, the temptation to add more work to your workload. No, it was. Um, it was stunning, staggering. You couldn't really believe what, you know. Another thing that made it so incredible was the contrast in halves. The first half was bad. It was poor, mm. which you feel like is harsh to say against Stoke, who would expected to win. But Town were not at it. They weren't in Stoke's faces. They weren't doing what a, a lower rank side needs to do to upset the odds. And and the Town fans that night were, were superb all night. They didn't stop making noise. But you know rightly booze at half time mm. which sounds harsh 2-0 down at Stoke but rightly so And but at 2-0 down they, they still stayed behind the side and sorry Sam Ricketts was you know really really stressed that point after the game that the players that the fans sorry were almost a catalyst to, to turn it around mm. that night it was it was stunning you know it's not just a second half comeback is it? it's 2-0 down with 20 minutes to go and um and as I just alluded to, with bringing Beckles back into a defensive three, that was the change Ricketts did at half time at the Britannia. Yeah. Uh, you know, two, three, six, two, five. Yeah, either. Either. <laughs> it's like calling uh, the Meadow New Meadow. It's just dropping the sponsorship, isn't it? I think. Although yeah. Britannia might have been a sponsor, I'm not entirely sure. Um, anyway, whatever it's called. Two down, had to change something. And, and did. He took off uh, Amadi Holloway, a striker who was ineffective that night for, for a defender. But, you know... Seems like a strange move at the well, time. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, it does, you're right. I think Town started in... No, don't quote me on this, because I haven't looked. I can't quite remember whether it was a diamond or this 4-5-1 sort of defensive shape that they've taken in recent weeks against the big sides. But they, they changed to three at the back with Beckles and just controlled the game. I, th- I imagine there's an element of Stoke taking their foot off the gas you know, but it was Nathan Jones's first home game as manager. Mm. You know, and ten thousand Potters fans there will have expected a, a routine win, and especially two nil up at half time. But yeah, Stoke Stoke came down the gears, but Town were in control after half time. I remember saying five or ten minutes into the second half that you know it's two nil here if Town get the next goal because they looked like they could, and and obviously they did. The first goal didn't come until the seventy first minute. Screamer from Bolton. Maybe it just needed that. Needed that, a little that, bit of magic. Yeah, just to just to get it up and running and the the real belief and drive because at two 0 it feels like a big ass, and but yeah. when you get the one, you know, and James Bolton, Boyard Stokey, Stoke fan, former you know season ticket holder, home and away, just brilliant story. He doesn't even he doesn't score goals full stop. Like it's only his second town goal. So to find the edge of the bo- edge, of, sorry, the top corner from outside the box was unbelievable. And then what followed it was. Just 
mind-numbing, really. I mm. mean, you know, you, you keep your uh, professional... Um, Decorum. Yeah, in the press box, but boy. You didn't in the video. I know that no, for sure. No, we tried. Um, the, but that's the video is when you can get away with it. <laughs> yeah, no, the... You know, when the penalty was awarded for the equaliser, that was about 77, 78 minutes, I think. Um, Mr. Leach, uh, a colleague um, next to me in the press box, uh, he was up fist mm. pumping the award of the penalty. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I you know, got a little bit excited. And you do, like, the, the, the buzz runs through you um, because of what's happening. You know, the three town goals were in front of the away fans as well. Yeah. Like, and... You know, Fajiri Okunami buried the penalty with such, you know, and that was scenes like, you know, real scenes in the away end. And at 2 2, you, you do, I did not think that Town are going to go on to get a winner in, yeah. not in the slightest. Um, I thought they got a chance of winning the game on pens, or maybe, you know, let's see how extra time goes. Yeah. But no chance did I think they were going to go and get a third. I mean, that would have been, 2 2 was unbelievable effort. But Stoke, what, what were they playing at? They, just didn't take stock of the situation given the amount of experience in their team it was you know embarrassment of Premier League riches international riches but at 2-2 Stokewood having been you know pegged back having been on top of they were still going for it they were they were still committing men and and Towns third which by the way was one of their goals of the season the move down the right hand side was a delight mm. uh, and rightly got the attention it, it deserved uh, I know Bolton's Bolton's goal got a lot of a lot of hits, but the move down the right was was superb. And for whatever reason, time were about four on two. Stoke leaving themselves short, but the play and the passes down the right were were brilliant. And it was such a good moment. It we had so much joy last season in in what was you know an unbelievable dream season until the very end. But the Stoke away topped it. I think topped as a moment as a one game. You know, certainly pushed the the chart and playoff games all the way and it was probably the, the best so brilliant and, and you want to sort of you know, I said to, to, to Ricketts you know is it a shot in the arm do you want to use this in the league now mm. which is what you would think wouldn't you because by then he'd, he'd won one in seven in the league and, but he, and, and he certainly thinks and said back to me that the performances have been good you know building the performances they've been getting better and I'm starting to see more of what I want to see other than Charlton second half before before the Stoke game and obviously there was a Stoke first half that wasn't very good but he says the performances have been getting there so he's not thinking oh you know the FA Cup's going to ignite us he think, he's thinking they're, they're on track mm. um, I, 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 I see what he means I sort of half agree um, and, and they went to Blackpool obviously as the, as the latest game just gone and again performance wasn't bad but it wasn't the league result they were after yeah, I mean, looking at it from the outside, a little bit of a bore draw. <laughs> low key is what I said. <laughs> low key is a good way of putting it. There, there were, you know, three thousand one hundred there at Bloomfield Road, which is a travesty. Really, it's a sad sight to see. Yeah, considering they were in the Premier League, what a couple of years ago? Yeah, well, a couple, no, you know, fair. fair few years ago now. But I mean, the the atmosphere there was something which I think a lot of people at the time really admired. It was a it was a club where everyone was committed it was still this club which everyone kind of got around and yeah, the yeah. style of football that they played under Ian Holloway at the time yeah. was something which drew a lot of praise Charlie but Adam winning games in the Prem and, and all that it was packed out wasn't it and they were but, going they were always going forward as well that was the yeah, one thing that you yeah. know when they went up they weren't your stereotypical 
defensive. You know, 11 men behind the ball, it was, we're going to try and score more goals, yeah, like which a, ultimately didn't work out. Not but, like a Neil Warnock side, more of an Ian Holloway side. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's sad. I, you got to commend their fans for, for boycotting. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because, you, you know, they, they really have, and it's empty and soulless, which is a shame. And obviously, you know, the atmosphere is what it is because of that, but not really helped when it's a nil-nil and neither side of anything to cheer about. I mean, I thought the five, the time to get over 500 away fans there was, you know, fair play for 500 Salopians going up. Um, I did put on a tweet when I when I arrived at the ground, it's a, a bit of a far cry to the 2,500 that went at the end of last season for the beach party and the, the inflatables and all that. But, you know, here we are in cold January and mm. it was cold, far from me to mention the temperature, but it was cold in Blackpool, let me tell you. You do love a mention of, uh, of of the weather. Yeah, yeah, I found it as my niche, unique selling point. So, you know, layers. Horses for courses, layers. I think I had about maybe four or five, four or five layers on next to the sea. But yeah, it got chilly. Um, but not much not much action on the pitch to warm, warm up the cockles, sadly. Um, you know, I mean, on the, uh, you know, Blackpool went up to eighth in League One. With, with that point and you know Terry McPhillips there is doing a fine job given the the conditions he's having to work in the situations you know he can't spend any transfer fees or, or what not and um, but Town could have won Town could have won the game they were the better side against an 8th place team in League 1 they were the better side certainly in the first half I was very impressed I put out at half time it was one of the more impressive first halves I've seen mm. um, they lined up with this 3-4-3 thing from the second half at Stoke and it, it it worked really well it's the most uh the most controlled system I've seen this season the most the, the one I've seen and thought yeah I want I want to stick with that particularly under Ricketts it a colleague of mine at, at the game said uh, similar to what Chelsea do yeah. obviously different players but you got your striker whoever that is Morata or, or, or Giroud and then like won't be Morata for long mate no Higuain no but but with Willian or Hazard as the two behind in a 3-4-3 three, three, it's, it's kind of that and, and Doherty Greg Doherty and Josh Loren were just behind uh, the striker Rock and Abiri and it, it just worked they had so much control on it their football against Blackpool Blackpool couldn't get out it was, it was great football and you know a bit more composure in the early moments Loren had a great early chance again and and it was a bit of a strange one for Towns midfielder Loren because I don't know if you've ever experienced this as a fan or reporting Luke or whatever but the chances or the moments in a you know front of goal they just kept falling to to one man yeah and if you haven't netted in the second or third one you know the the away fans you start thinking like you get a bit, a bit of, of weight on your shoulders don't yeah you? and absolutely standing defence of Loren who's not by trade an attack minded midfielder um, set up a lot of the chances through his own graft and hard work um, yes we'll want to improve on his composure but they were by all means not easy chances it's tough for him you know, by the second half you, you knew he was sort of feeling feeling the weight of it and <laughs> the moments just kept coming to him you, you felt sorry for him actually and he was brought off um, about 20 minutes to go and According to defender defender Omar Beckles actually said to us after the game, uh, you know Josh Lorenz coming and put his hands up, you know at the end of the nil nil to say, you know sorry for not taking my chances, and that's a little sad to hear. But you know, that ironically Lorenz's best chance was the first one after about nine minutes, and yeah. you know he sort of scuffed a, a bit of a sitter. But you know that nil nil at Blackpool, I think you can take positives from. And I thought sort of long and hard about my analysis after the weekend about 
where Town are at because it left them 17th it left them one point above the drop zone and mm. it's worth a discussion I mean you know before Blackpool there were three points above the drop took them down to one the chasing pack are catching the chasing pack be it Plymouth or others Bradford Bristol Rovers uh, found a bit of momentum and found ways to win whereas Town Town's performances under Sam Ricketts have been solid a lot of control a lot of what the manager wants to see but the record is one win in eight mm. um that sounds bad on the face of it, one winning eight, or it is bad, but there are a lot of draws in there. Draws, of course, aren't what you need if you're not draws winning. Draws kill you. Yeah, yeah, they they're kill not, you. They're great in terms of not, not being, being unbeaten and not losing, but if you're not winning, you know, so it's, it's one win, four draws and three defeats. Um, and you file Blackpool, again, not for the first time under Ricketts, under the draw where they should have won. Um, mm. And of course, we're in January, and of course, draws where you should have won leads fans onto we need a striker that can score. Yeah, nothing against Okunabiri, who's got 11 goals. He's doing his part, but more options up front that can score. Mm. And, you know, what are we? Five five transfers in for Shrewsbury this month, nine out, one on trial. I think the last however many days of the window, 10 days, well, less than that, actually, seven or eight, are going to be dominated, certainly when it comes to town news, by who's this centre-forward going to be through the door. Sam Smith's arrived. He's one striker. Obviously, his record scoring in, in League One with Oxford wasn't great. He got three in the checker trade. And let's see what he brings. We don't know. Young kid on loan. Let's see. But Sam Ricketts will still be busy trying to get that. That all-important centre-forward in that every club is trying to gain. Yeah, that's it. And of course, you know, looking at looking at the League, league One table, mm-hmm. a draw with Blackpool... To, you know, it doesn't seem like the worst result in the world. Exactly. And that's a point that I think the club and, and Ricketts were, were probably trying to make, it, particularly in that, you know, Blackpool weren't hammering the door. I mean, Blackpool hit the bar late on when they had their little flurry at the end and Ricketts said it would have been a travesty if Blackpool would have won that. Um, when they hit the bar, they had a free free header drop wide. Mm. And, he, you know, travesty is a strong word, but he's right. Town were the better side and deserved, you know, on the balance of play to win it. It was a bit of a board draw, but deserved to win it. Um, and and that's you can take a lot of sort of solace from that um, and encouragement that they can they can do that against some of the you know sides that are in the top half. But like we just alluded to, um, draws aren't really aren't going to get them out of the trouble, are they? No. Um, draw, and the manager knows that, and the club know that. You know, fans are fans are panicking because you know particularly in the window, there's been not much talk of a centre forward rumor or link. There's been a lot of other positions talked about. I mean, you know, he's got a keeper and they've got two keepers. We're still talking about the possibility of another keeper. That That's just speculation. That's just stories that seep out. You know, of course, they're working hard to bring a striker in. Let's see who it is. Let's see how it goes. But it, it does have the feel that it needs to be a, a big sort of influential signing that will make an impact. Yeah, that's it. And before we carry on and talk transfers properly, let's quickly run through... Uh, the Telford results, only two of them to discuss. Uh, first of all, the FA Trophy. Yeah. They beat Hartlepool 2-1. Um, everyone loves a good trophy run, don't they? Yeah, I mean, obviously I don't see the Telford games, but speaking to, to boss Gavin Cowan every so often as, as I do, um, former town defender, of course, I'm so pleased for him. I mean, what superb, 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 superb season in the league. And in the FA Trophy now, down to the last 16. I mean, what, two, two, two games from Wembley? Uh, last 16 three. Three, three wins. two or three three wins three, I either think. way not far off um, got to win the last 16 quarters and semis on there yeah um, 
unbelievable. Um, it's, it's a little bit of a uh, possible damp squib or a bit underwhelming when the draw for the last 16, you know, sends them to uh, Spennymore. Another North, the third Northeast trip on this trophy run, which is un- unbelievable, really. Yeah, uh, luckily a draw like that. Well, yeah, it's it's, but you know they they beat Spennymore at home in the league two weeks before they they beat him on the road in the league in August. You know, so they're two from two. Yeah, they should have confidence in that. And God, we were already at the point in this FA Trophy run where everyone is dreaming. I would say from a book's point of view, um, you know, the old Telford United have such a. A rich sort of history with that competition at Wembley. Many times they won it three, three, three times. Yeah, nuts for I think it's thirty years exactly, uh, and that's superb. I think, you know, back a, a generation or so ago, if you mentioned FA Trophy to to people of non-league that ring off the name Telford. Mm. Um, so it would be really fitting, you know, three decades on if if that were to happen. Uh, it's going to be tough against Spennymore away. There's going to be more riding on it in that game than the league games because yeah. of the you know the trophy situation so fingers crossed um, but what what a, what a run Telford have been on you know until the next game we're about to speak about yeah. which is where they went went down 1-0 to Kitty yeah that's a disappointing result that one especially given now the books have been doing so well and mm. you know they're looking more and more like a team that can challenge promotion yeah absolutely I mean you know, every chance they could be a National League club next season but let's not you know run before we can walk I mean you know Gav Cowan said this week the targets I mean he went all season saying we want to beat 14th which was last season's finish now he said this week the target's the top half you know which is he's got a down player he's got a sort of dampen you know people getting carried away and expectation Uh, he said you know we'll we'll guarantee and cement a top half finish then we'll look at the playoffs which is which is fine I think that the players have got in the results they've had the playoffs should be an expectation for that now I think yeah I think that's fair um, you know obviously expectations are difficult can be a difficult thing but that's what that's what they'll be looking at they can achieve you know and yeah they won five games in a row in the league which no five was it five all competitions they won five game winning run and six would have made it the best run I think since the beginning of 2014 Mm. 13-14 season which is when they went up as uh, National North Champions to the conference so you know that would have been something to to equal that especially against your, the club in the division that are nearest rivals to you Kiddy yeah. down the road sort of thing um, and I spoke to a couple of people that were there as well as Gav Cowan and by all accounts it, it just weren't meant to be Kiddy scored after three minutes I think yeah, a, a decent goal but Telford had Sort of chance after chance, really. A cup, an open goal in there, I think. Maybe Darrell Knights, and yeah, it just didn't seem to be their day, frustratingly. But um, they won't let them get that down because when they've had the odd defeat, they've always come again. Yeah. And you'd think, I mean, the, the firepower they've got in there is pretty frightening, really. Yeah, don't look level. back to Nanga. Don't look back to Nanga. It is back. Um, you know, and, and he hasn't really been able to fully get in yet and hasn't got a goal yet, but, but he will. Uh, the firepower is great, and I, I back them with that firepower. I really do. They don't concede many, um, and you know, Cowan's such a pleasure to deal with. Um, so I really hope that they can get back on the horse at Southport. Yeah, sure. fingers crossed for them. Right, let's talk about transfers, Lewis, because that's what everyone loves about January. Is it? About, I um, don't, I don't, <laughs> can't wait till February the first. Well, everyone bar journalists. Okay. Um, yeah, just over a week to go now. 
until the deadline, the dreaded deadline. Can't wait! Um, Can't wait for that three eleven shift. I'm on a I'm on a midnight a midday till midnight. Are you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, for that inevitable eleven o'clock town signing. That's it. I'll be there. I'll be there ready. So I don't, obviously sort of have two two offices, and I've spent a couple of deadline days in Ketley in Telford, a Shropshire Star office. Uh, I've spent a couple here. I've spent a couple in Wolverhampton, uh, which is where our other office is. Um, more of my colleagues are in Wolverhampton, so that's sometimes where we do do things from. Ketley has the benefit, as I found a couple of transfer windows ago, of Ketley Cod round the corner. Big shout out to them. Yeah. Because I went and had a, a fish and chips transfer deadline special. Mm. That's what it's all about. It's all about the food you get in the office, isn't it? Absolutely. The, the issue is, well, I'm in there spending my own money, tucking into my own food. Everyone is chipping in and getting like a mammoth group of you know nice meals in. So I yeah. I miss out on my own. But So I'm weighing up where I'll position myself but, Maybe I should uh, stand outside the meadow gates and look for a centre forward. Maybe. I mean, I don't know what food they're going to offer. I don't know, for, who's, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know who's going to come and video me, you know, and get the fans in the background and come down. Um, yeah. What is it? Eight days, did you say? Till? Yeah, Thursday. Thursday, 11 o'clock deadline. A week tomorrow, yeah. Oh, well. Um, movement still to happen. As we speak, there was a, a chief exec, Brian Caldwell, update out earlier today, and he called it frenetic, manic. Um, the standard, I can't get off the phone. Yeah, I mean, they, they say that in every transfer. Of course it is, because every 10 minutes it changes. You know, a player's situation with an agent or That's it. You're not, you're not or, just dealing with other clubs, you're dealing with players, you're dealing with agents. Yeah. Agents will sometimes try and yeah. put their player's name out all different over the place times, to try and up transfer yeah. fees. Yeah. It's a very... It's a very Injury availability becomes different game to game, day to day. You know, injuries in training, you, you, you never know, but you always know that the clubs are doing things um, to try and bring more more competition in. And in Town's case, as I've said, I really think what's what what is needed to come in and, and boost the first team now is an experienced centre forward, mm-hmm. um, because certainly in the three four three, I think they're well stocked across the first team a couple of good options in reserve now in what they've brought in but I mean so many players have gone out of the exit door um, yeah. and we'll, we'll talk about this I mean nine nine out of the door is not a normal January is it for any football club not helped by the fact that you've had to change a manager of course so you've got a manager who's come in maybe doesn't fancy some of the players well of course he's coming in and saw that it's needed a clear out he said that to said that to us not long after he came in you know a lot of players John Askey brought in in the summer of have gone and you know Sam Ricketts haven't seen them to have what it takes and it's right that they go because they were never going to play you know weren't getting on the bench and you know you hope it frees up a bit of wage budget to so they've had as I say nine out five in and uh, I fear that you're now going to ask me about lists and, and players that have gone and uh, yeah I'm going to do just I'm going to just do that um, give me a list of the players who 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 have gone is there any surprises in there for you. Well, that's, I mean, considering I haven't made a list before we've gone on pod, that is tough. The the most talked about one, I guess, is um, is Bryn Morris, the midfielder who went to Portsmouth. Yeah, a leaders. weird one that, you know, Shrewsbury Town, in the position that they are, are willing to let go of a player who's clearly wanted by a, a team battling at the other end of the yeah, table. Yeah, he was it? on the fringe, fringe of going to Luton, second, you know, no short of interest by all accounts. Um, I think I've spoke on Brim Morris on, on numerous podcasts. Got got good ability on the ball. I, I clearly just think it's a situation where he didn't fit in mm-hmm. with um, with what Ricketts saw. 
direction he wanted to go in this season and maybe beyond. Um, I also know Bryn's ambitious and you know probably thinks that he can do better than playing at the bottom of League One, which is he proved that's right with the moves he can get. You know he'd yeah. have known the interest in him. You know and it's pretty hard to commit to Shrewsbury where you weren't wanted. You know enough to send yourself out on loan um, to stay there for the last six months of your contract when a, a huge club like like Portsmouth come come calling. So once there's interest like that, it's not really a surprise, is it? And Mm. obviously he went out a number of no surprises in terms of loans finishing who weren't playing then you've got guys whose contracts were cancelled again mm. who haven't been playing um, you know the latest ones have been your, your Doug Lofts he's actually gone out on loan to Dagenham we we all expected Doug Loft to leave probably more permanently if, if, if it was to cancel his contract or whatever or, or be you know, allowed to go to another club but he's gone on loan to Dagenham in the conference yeah. um, Kennedy Kieran Kennedy left and went to Wrexham of the conference yeah. you know Arthur Nahua had his, he was on loan at Foyle in the conference had his contract cancelled at town and has joined you know League 2 Carlisle lot of lot of players there yeah. I mean there's, there's a bloated squad of about 30-31 clearly so many t- to get rid of that if you've got 30 yeah, yeah a few out on loan but how many of them aren't going to get in the League 18 match day? Exactly. 12. 12, 12 um, players are you going to be banging on your door. And it's not useful. It's not helpful, is it, clearly, if that many players are around not playing. Um, so they've done well in that respect in getting them out. You know, I'd imagine there's a couple more to, to follow. There are a couple more that fill the bracket have not been involved that haven't left yet. One is, an obvious one is, is a Sam Jones. Um, guys like that, yeah, I see leaving some form or another before the end of the window but you feel like the emphasis now is very much shifted towards who they're getting in to replace that yeah one one other outgoing strange move for me Charlie Colkett oh, I know why you're mentioning his name Ostersons is it did you see who he was linked with the other day he was Charlie linked with Aston Villa, Villa. Yeah, 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 yeah. he's going to Ostersons is he is that is that God, I haven't seen that um I haven't seen that particular rumour. I was surprised by the Villa rumour, certainly. That I mean, that was a strange one for me. Um, well, I think it was a John Terry thing, wasn't it? Colin? Yeah, I think it's one where they seen that he's, you know, obviously got links. Um, yeah, oh, let's be fair, town fans will tell you, Charlie Colcott's got ability. He's got Chelsea Youth Academy ability on the ball. Um, he's got he showed in his brief cup games unbelievable little pieces of skill that are great for like gifs and memes online but never given a chance in League One um, think he didn't probably have it physically about him the in terms of energy and running maybe mm. size that kind of thing by all accounts great lad not not one of these you, know, you could say big time coming from a, a club like Chelsea and has a, a bit of an ego or whatever he's a great lad by all accounts mm-hmm. so um, but yeah got ability and I imagine he'll have a future I, I really do um, and what's that Sweden Osterland Oster? Ostersons yeah Swedish football it seems a strange loan move, or but, permanent or? Uh, I'm assuming a loan yeah I, I did hear that he could possibly be going abroad you assume Vitesse don't you where it's basically yeah. Chelsea B Chelsea reserves, Chelsea reserves. Um, yeah but he he was the one that went before uh, before the window even started December the 30th 29th when, when his loan was sent back mm-hmm. to back to Chelsea so it paved the way for many that followed um, but few surprises in truth other than, than Bryn maybe a couple more 
Yeah, and let's talk about the incomings. I yes. mean, Dave Edwards, obviously the big one. Yeah. Um, but a couple of others. I mean, Sam Smith, you mentioned. Uh, Brad Walker came in and he's been loaned straight out. Yeah. Um, Reese Charles Cook. Reese Charles Cook. Uh, Romain Vincelot. I've got a feeling it's Vancelot. 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 It's definitely lowers in the silent T, but I think it's Vance. Uh, I think I've been told. Um, we'll get it's, that clarified. It is French. It's a French name. Yeah, it's so. French. Yeah, we'll get clarified. I, I, I thought it was Vincelot. Uh, but apparently it's Vance Lowe. Um so tells me Tom Leach uh, because he's a Coventry fan and Vance Lowe used to play for Coventry ah. um, interesting signing that uh, yesterday yeah. let me get my timings right yeah yesterday he checked in from League 2 Crawley where his contract was, was terminated I mean I say interesting signing he's 33 contract cancelled at League 2 where you haven't played as much mm. on the face of it strange and you would understand and accept you know town fans saying why you know but Sam Ricketts has answered that with his quotes when, when he signed talking about the player's character attitude experience and it feels like that kind of signing getting a good head in the building yeah you know um, good trainer that kind of thing I think that's the answer there I think he'll be a good squad player I think he's a good option from the bench um, versatile by all accounts but I think midfield rather than by all accounts he's playing centre half at Crawley and being found out there uh, mm-hmm. not really his position so maybe Anthony Grant cover one for the slightly more sitting midfield likes a tackle and a pass apparently yes old but that doesn't mean that you know he, he might have a great engine on him good, good yeah. fitness and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he's about because I saw him at Bradford and by all accounts at Coventry late in Orient before that where he's been in League One he's been a good good player at this level um, so hopefully Town have still got a slice of that and it's not the necessarily the Crawley Vance a lot that we'll see uh, just one thing more on it that we can pick up on it's an interesting one that Ricketts has signed players he knows mm. and has played with yeah or managed um, because there's five in and, and four of them are ex-teammates or, or players of his. Now, you know, is is it difficult to sign players in January? Yes. And, and has he had to go down the route of people that he, he knows he can rely on and, and get in easier because he can persuade them? Yes. You know, Charles Cook happened last week, the goalkeeper. Yeah. Wasn't playing any football in Denmark uh, where he was sent in the summer, where he went in the summer. Um, Ricketts knows him from Coventry where he, he played a lot of games in goal. Charles Cook we don't know yet about him. We haven't. I have seen enough to, to judge him. He's not going to come in for, for Steve Arnold, so he's, he's cover. Mm-hmm. But then we understand Town's still looking at other keepers to strengthen further. Um, I think yeah, it's 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 a it's a bit of it's difficult to get what you want in this window, which the manager said, and a bit of him going for for what he knows. Um, which you can't really blame him on. If, if he a lot of managers do that, though, don't they? This, yeah. You know, even even with the likes of Paul Hurst when he was at Shrewsbury, well, you're right, that's he right. brought players which yeah. he knew, and it worked out well for him. So. Very true. Very true. Very true. And um, yeah, look forward to seeing what a few of these new lads are about. So did you see the? Um, they've got another. You know, with with the with the Wolves build up looming, they've got another uh, ex Wolf. In the building, Scott Scott, Scott Gilborn, Gilborn, yeah, on trial, uh, left back. We've expected a left back all all month. Uh, you know, it's cover for well, not cover competition for for Ryan Haynes to come in and push him. Now Beckles has, has moved back into the middle, and 
Goldbourne, no club this season. Um, last permanent club, Bristol City, where he began his career either side of playing for Wolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, loaned at MK Dons last year in League One, where he played 25 or 30 games. So clearly had it in his legs. He's only 30. You know, he's not not old by old, any means. Old, old. And he's a dynamic sort of player. I think if, if he's going to come in, if he, he played in the Central League Cup yesterday on, on as a trialist, um, if he's going to come in as, as depth, it's not a bad one at all. It's quite, mm. a, quite a good one. Experienced head, you know, knows what it takes at, at this level, knows a successful dressing room, all that. Um, yes, another player, Sam Ricketts, knows this time from Wolves days. But if these guys are out of the game, yeah, for whatever reason, we, we don't know why they're out of the game whether it's fitness or what but if Ricketts thinks they're good enough and they can do a job for town as, as cover or whatever this season then then you know go for it but still still things to work on isn't there uh, certainly in the attacking areas Sam Sam Smith um, is an interesting one isn't it with his yeah according to the manager scored goals at Reading uh, coming through as a youth player and, and highly rated I remember hearing when he went to Oxford in the summer just gone how, how well he was thought of didn't happen for him at the Kassam in the scoring league not to say he can't reproduce it here and let's hope we get to see him enough and he gets a chance to let's see now Lewis I listened to the last podcast did you to be honest I was disappointed with your performance in the quiz harsh I mean Fernando Torres mate come on but I mean you've got no excuse here mate you're a Liverpool fan I'm trying to defend myself in the fact that I did say his name you know clearly I mean you got to commit anyway did you know Torres now plays in Japan? Because I didn't. I didn't know that, but I would have got it right. I would have, I'd have stuck my, no, my I, neck I, out I, I, and I, said Fernando Torres. I did Fernando forget Torres. his AC Milan loan, actually. Yeah, but see, that, all, I knew he was on loan at AC Milan. by that point, he'd left for Chelsea and was Judas to me. Well, but doesn't matter. who got Juan Pablo Angel? I'll give you that one. Thanks. I mean, you did you did discuss it with me after and I, I got it myself, but... Did you? Yes, we discussed mm, this. Yeah, we did. Um, and I also got all of Joe's like I got Jeff, Joe's hard on Raquel May and all that so to get Torres wrong I wouldn't have got Raquel May to have Torres wrong who I've got on the back of many Liverpool shirts is there you go dearie me anyway I've got another quiz for you to redeem yourself uh, obviously it's just you playing so yes. you're not going up against anyone well, I'm so ask, I can't lose well you, you can you can cover yourself in glory <laughs> or shame put it that way okay. um, all I've got is I've got three lists I'm going to ask you to name as many as you can. I'm not expecting you to get all of them. Good. Just a little bit, bit of fun to play along with at home as well mm-hmm. for Shrewsbury Town fans. So, Lewis, can you name me all of the players that joined Shrewsbury Town either permanently or on loan in the January transfer window last season? Um, probably not. <laughs> can I ask how many? There are five. Okay. Five cool. players, according to transfermarket.com. That's fine, that's fine. Um, okay. I hope these are all during my time as reporter, by the way. 100%. <laughs> they're all last season that's good, in that's January. Good, that's good. Okay, right, five. Luke Hendry. Correct. Do you know where he joined from? Um, Burnley. Yeah. Via Bradford Loan. Max Lowe. Correct. Was on loan from Derby. He was indeed. And I'm going to say Sam Jones, because he was the 11pm, you know, keep us all waiting, hold, back, hold the back page from the printers kind of thing that um, he never really came off did it Sam Jones's move what team um, did he come from Grimsby again Grimsby, yes yeah. Isa. correct came out of the blue um, you'll, you'll definitely get the team here Wildston Wildston yes. um, 
Issa. Wow. Four out of five. I know, and I know the other one, but it's um, it's frustrating. Oh, crap. If you know it, just say it. No, I know, well, I know it deep down, but it's not, it's not jumping to me. Um, yes, got it. Nathan Thomas. Yes. Winger from Sheffield United. Yeah, five out of five. Those listening at home, if you got all five, then congratulations. Thomas was the one I was most excited about, actually. He was the the signing. The Um, signing. Yeah, it didn't didn't work out. All right, next next list. This one consists of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 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 Names. These are the players who left Shrewsbury Town in the January transfer window last season. Oh, my word. On loan and permanent. On loan and permanent. According to (laughs) TransferMarket.com, only two of them were permanents. Okay. Well, bear in mind, one of them has a question mark next to it. (laughs) So I'm assuming it is a permanent. Leach Smith. I haven't got that here. Okay, that's fine. It might not be right for the record, you know. TransferMarket.com. Yeah. Um, Possibly not Leach Smith. Um, Louis Dodds yes went on loan somewhere Chesterfield Chesterfield is correct this is tough by the way yeah it's tricky this is hard I mean I've been to bed since I can't remember yesterday <laughs> let alone uh, I can never remember a meal from two days ago it's, it's difficult with players that go because you you try and remember you wipe them from your mind yeah kind you? of as harsh as it is it's like yeah. Pythagoras theorem you don't even need to remember <laughs> it anymore do you I'm going to give myself another one with Leach Smith. I can't remember his exact situation, but um, wow, this is. I'm not a fan of this. Um, okay. Is Sean Rowley on the list? No. Callum Burton? No. There okay. is a Callum, though. There's a. Oh God. 19 um, year old went to Newtown on loan. Did he? Callum Roberts? Yes. Good work. Thanks for the, uh, thanks for the clue. I'd have never got that in a million years, by the way. So there were some other kids then, if we go down that route. John McAtee? Yes. Love it. On loan. Telford? Telford. And there was actually seven names, sorry. There's two which have been repeated here. Oh, right. So I'm three out of seven. Um, well, okay. two, because I gave you Callum Roberts, really. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's frustrating. I'm trying to uh, I think of centre-forwards from town last season. There are no more centre-forwards on this list. Okay. There are centre-backs. Okay, hold on, hold on. Two centre-backs. Hold on. Two centre-backs, two central midfielders. Uh, Gary Deegan, no. I'm thinking wrong era, aren't I? No. Um, One of these centre-backs went to Port Vale. Did he now? Zach Jules? Yes. Did he go to Vale? Yes, he did. Okay. The other one... Hold on. So it's another centre-half. Yeah. Give me... uh... 22 years of age Dom Smith yes I thought of him when you said the question I don't know why he went out of my head okay centre mids two centre mids I'll take this teamwork we're doing alright two 18 year olds oh right youngsters then okay George Hughes yes where did he go did he go to Colwyn or Clitheroe because I've got both here there's both there because he went on loan to both ah Um, I'll be honest I don't know who and when is Barnet one Ryan Barnett? No. Okay. Okay. I know. The Irish lad. Um, yeah. Oh, gosh. Northern Irish, to clarify. Yeah. Don't. Oh, man. Stalbridge and Stalybridge Celtic? Yeah, I know. I know. Um, uh, I'm afraid 
his name. I'm sure the listeners are screaming his name. No, but I can't. I can't quite remember his name. What's his initials? C G. Usually, when someone says the initials, it springs to you, doesn't it? But yeah, I'm not getting. Go on. Chris Gallagher. Gallagher. Chris Gallagher. Okay. Right. In my defence, of those seven, I mean, how many were first team? Dodds. Dodds. It was a tough. It's a tough one. It was a tough one. It was a tough one. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to finish up here. Can you name Shrewsbury Town's top ten record sales? Uh, possibly. I mean, there are some tough ones in here. Some from the eighties. Bernard McNally. Yes. Columnist. Do you know how much he went for? Yeah, about three fifty, wasn't it? Five hundred and twenty k, according to transfermarket.com. All oh, right. Now, speaking of him earlier, ahead of the Wolves game. Um, Tyron Barnett? Tyron Barnett is not there. No, I think he, he didn't go. He went on a free. You'll get, you'll get number one. Come on. Yeah, I know. Nolan? Enciala? They should... No. They're all undisclosed. I mean... Undisclosed mustn't count. Do they not count? I don't think so. Um, what about Woodsy? Ryan, Ryan Woods is top of the pile, 1.23 million. Mm, that's interesting that it's listed as 1.2 million because that was definitely undisclosed as well. But that's fine. Uh, Goldson? Yes. 765,000. Goldson. I mean, for the record, Nolan and Toto would be in that bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, this is. Uh, Some big names here. John Taylor? No. No. Some big, big names. Dave Edwards? No. No. No, he wouldn't have. I mean, massive names. Joe Hart? Yes. Second, 810k. Oh, right, okay. To Manchester City. Yeah, yeah. There's one other big one which you should really get. Of recent time, recent ish time. Yes. Yes. Okay. He's, He's now retired. Did play for my club for a short period of time. Did he? Is now still in professional sport, but not football. Wow. Depends if you count it as a sport. Yeah, no, nothing's. Um, I'm blank here. I'm. I'm blank. Um, Probably most well known for his time at Norwich. Oh, Holt. Yes. Of course, yeah. You're not going to get these other ones. So do you want me to read them out? Yeah, please do. I mean, I know the names. David Hughes. Okay. Went to Cardiff mm-hmm. for six hundred thirty thousand pounds. Era. 2000, 2001. Oh, right, okay. Carl Griffiths went to Man City mm-hmm. in the 93 94 season yeah. for 540,000. David Linegan mm-hmm. went to Ipswich in 87 88 for 340k. Nigel Pearson, centre back. Oh, yeah. To Sheffield Wednesday, 87 88. And Paul Maguire in 80 81 went to Stoke City. Very popular time. 262. Okay. Well, that was good work. That was tough. Delightful. To be fair. That, that they were tough. Um, they were tricky. Right. Let's talk about the big game. The big game is happening this weekend. David Woods Derby. And the most disappointing thing about the David Woods Derby is David Woods might not even be playing. Yeah. David Woods Derby. I've had. I know you dubbed it that, didn't you? Yesterday. Hundred percent. Um, I've had an, a tough week. You know, I spent. A lot of the time in the office with Wolves colleagues, Wolves supporters. 
is it a derby? Is it a rivalry? What is a derby and what is a rivalry, basically? I mean... Because is it subjective? I don't really know what the answer is. I think this one's definitely a derby because you've got Sam Ricketts and David Woods involved. Does personnel make it a derby? Or for me, I thought it was geographically. It's, it is ge- the key is geograph- geographically, whether they're close enough to be considered a derby. They're However, f- if, for example, Shrewsbury and Wolves, they are not exactly Wolves-West Brom, yeah, in terms of distance. Yeah, but because you've got the extra links, I think it makes it a derby. Yeah. Well, they're thirty. Plus, Dave Edwards' derby just rolls off the tongue. Right? <laughs> there, uh, I'll tell him that there are thirty miles between the clubs. It, to me, it strikes me I, they don't play each other in the league generally, do they? They did when Wolves were in League One a few years ago. Rarity. To me, it strikes of the best way to sort of compare it in, in recent times has been West Brom Stoke Premier League. Yeah, that's Which, not a derby. Well, well, match of the day always called... Obviously, match of the day aren't from the Midlands, but they always called it a derby, and I always thought, that's not a derby. Yeah. But it's a similar-ish distance. It depends, it depends on the clubs, doesn't it? Because for me, the only real derby Villa play is against Blues. Yeah. But, you know, the likes but of Villa West Wolves, Brom... Villa-West Brom Wolves, is closer than... Wolves, they are closer than Shrewsbury Wolves, but... Do I count them as the derby? The derby for me is Villa Blues. The derby, but the, the derby. I think they are derbies. But I, Shrewsbury and Wolves, for me, it's it's really it's really tough. It's really tough. I was speaking to town fans earlier in the week, and Shrewsbury Wrexham was a huge derby. Shrewsbury Hereford was a, a big derby. Chester, all, all clubs they used to play our big rivalries against. Mm. Aren't really around any well around. Um, rest of conf- Wrexham, sorry, Conference, Chester, Conference North, Hereford, Conference North. So if you know Shrews are comparing themselves to those lot, I mean they're flying. Yeah. Um, now in League One, it's Warsaw, similar distance to Wolves. Yeah. Has been Vale. Um, they're they're League Two now. Shrews Vale is fairly close ish. Um. I think I, I said Telford earlier played Kiddy in the National North as few closer teams that's almost the closest doesn't automatically make it a derby but I think I still think it is it's and a manufactured manufactured derby Shrewsbury Wolves you know I've written about it all week and it's come to fruition in the ticket scenario there are a lot Wolves are a big club in, in this region there's a lot of Wolverhampton Wanderers supporters in Shropshire Specifically in Telford, less so in Shrewsbury, but they still exist. Um, it's <laughs> I think it's a derby. It's not a rivalry, is it? Are they, no. are they local, are they local they're rivals? Not, they're not competing with each other enough no. for it to be a rival. It's not very similar, for example, Manchester United-Arsenal, Manchester United-Liverpool. Yeah. The issue is those clubs aren't as close to each other as to make it but a derby. It but it's it's a it's a historic Agreed. rivalry yeah, yeah, yeah. from two teams who are competing in a very similar part part of the league that they play in. You could get lost in this debate, couldn't you? Yeah, I think it's subjective, isn't it? I think uh, maybe a lot of town fans would call this a derby. Maybe a load wouldn't. Maybe they'd call it a rivalry. I don't know. Back in I think early eighties, when town were in the second division and Wolves were, they played each other regularly in the league. Whatever they played a quarter. You know, I'll talk about historically. It's a great game historically. It's a great game for personnel-wise. It's a great game for fans. I think you know Wolves fans 
the one the very few that are coming to the meadow the 1500 diehards who would have got the tickets yeah because of the clamour for Wolves fans to get it they'll be looking forward to it they don't get to go there it's a new experience down the road nice place to go nice club they're expected to win I'm, I'm, I'm sure a lot of Wolves fans are worried about the banana skin embarrassment Probably. because that is you know you, you fear of losing to the lower rank side don't it you? can happen but on those objectives it's a really nice tie historical local the fans uh, personnel wise you know Ricketts and Edwards uh, the history thing you know for town 78-79 um, their best ever season their best joint best ever FA Cup run where they played Wolves in the quarterfinals Forced a replay yeah I mean first of all at um, at Molyneux in front of nearly 41,000 late penalty there weren't many times I was speaking to a, a Wolves colleague this week there weren't many times ever really I think until recently that Wolves pushed 40k at Molyneux like, that was a big deal yeah 16,000 slopings there yeah and also on the, the replay at Gay Meadow 16,000 people in Gay Meadow however that happened I'm not you know sure Absolute sardines. Not passing, not, not passing fire safety records. I, I'd now, say I not in the times of you know, political correctness, but um, you know safety um, measures. Uh, I don't think that would happen. But what an occasion they must have been. Town fans of a certain vintage, uh, unbelievable history to that one, and you know town's joint greatest run. But all through, you know, obviously you got that one in the late seventies. Then in the early eighties, superb FA Cup runs for this mm. club. Um, obviously, we've had some great ties in recent years really have and this day is up there for for cup games in the new stadium it's, it's probably not you know Chelsea they got the corners filled in uh, in the league cup Manchester United a few years ago in this competition around further down the line in the fifth round was great I mean it's Man U coming to Shrewsbury mm. you know it's, it's unbelievable bit of a damp squib on the night in a difficult season hopefully that doesn't happen this time around and Wolves on Saturday becomes a damn squib. Um, I mean, what? What? Are, if I turn the tables here, what are your thoughts on it? On, on, on the tie? I mean, for me, if, you, if you're asking me for a prediction, I'm going to say Wolves will probably win comfortably. Yeah. But, but it's the FA Cup, isn't it? Anything can happen in these games. You know, all it takes is a one-rash challenge and Wolves are down to 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. dodgy refereeing decision. Wolves are down to ten. Trust me. Uh, and all of a sudden, the wins in Shrewsbury Town sales have got the backing. It's a sellout crowd. The atmosphere is going to be electric. You don't know what can happen in these games. Yeah. This is the reason the FA Cup is so well loved. And although it has fallen from grace in recent years in terms of how managers treat it and yeah. playing uh, the top clubs. weekend squads, yeah, yeah. you're not going to see that from Wolves because they don't have a squad big enough to play a weekend squad. But do you know this, what I mean? This game is why it's still great. And you know, two 0 down at Stoke, last time out at half time, no one could have told me or or any of those travelling town fans that they'd be in the next round against Wolves. You know, yeah. But it happened in the cup, magic, and all those cliches. Um, the the thing that's going to upset Wolves, if anything, on Saturday and work for Shrewsbury, is the is Wolves's attitude to it. Yeah, I think he'll play a, a strong team. He did against Liverpool. I don't think it'll be. Your first, I don't think it'll be your Jotters, Jimenez's. Jimenez will probably be rested. They but, can afford you know. to bring in Helder Costa, Caviero, Adama Traore. You know, fantastic. Are they going to play Neves and Moutinho in the middle? Possibly. Um, he has a league game, a Premier League game against 
um, West Ham on the Tuesday. Mm. More likely to see the likes of Morgan Gibbs White, that kind of player. Yeah, it's an unbelievable prospect and talent for England in the future. Um, lad that went to Thomas Telford School, so a nice little thing there for Gibbs White, who's never scored a goal for Wolves, so hopefully he doesn't open his account in in Shropshire. Um, yeah. But if Wolves, you know, if Wolves, Wolves is foreign players say to use a, a, a stereotype which which I shouldn't but if they you know they don't, don't experience lower league English clubs in the FA Cup if they think they can just sort of rock up and their their mind only has to be at 75% and they'll mm. win then it's, it's town's cup final isn't it and each town player is going to be at 100% and they're going to be in at them straight away I remember friendly a couple of summers ago when uh, John Nolan absolutely steamed into Ruben Neves on Neves' debut inside like 10 minutes and Neves was crocked. Nuno was fuming. Yeah. So, it, you know, the pitch won't be the pristine carpet Wolves play on every week in the Prem. Mm-hmm. So all these cliched things actually take into account. Oh, 100%. Town need to be, uh, Bernard McNally said in his column for tomorrow's paper and on the website, everything has to be aligned. The stars, the look has to be in. But Town need to make their own look in terms of being everyone being at their very best. Um... You know, and if Town can put in something akin to the second half at Stoke, where they're, you know, at it and the formation works, let's see. Um, Wolves need to be off it. Town need to be at it at the very best. But it's going to be a great occasion, isn't it? Everything we mentioned, historical of it, but the fans, you know, for Dave, who is fighting fit to make the bench. The- That's a big question. Is he going to get onto the pitch? Well, yeah, it's you know we spoke about Charlton at the start of this party that three 0 He came on for the last ten. You know, as he's getting over his knee injury, and you know, ironically, you know, you couldn't write it, could you? He he tweaks his groin, which is not serious by any accounts. He's mm. he's hoping to be back training tomorrow, which is Thursday for podcast purposes. Um, we hope he came through running the other day unscathed and, and can get training. And if he trains Thursday, Friday, he'll be on the bench. And you know, he's not going to start in a million years, but if it's fairly level late on, you know, Dave Edwards is going to come on. Yeah, the reception is going to be unbelievable, and. Anything can happen, couldn't it? You know, he, he knows how to... If he scores. Yeah, I mean... If he scores a winner. I'm not going to do a spoiler for what he said to me about scoring, uh, which I'll write in the paper later in the week. But yeah, um, I mean, wow. Imagine, imagine. I hope the reception for him's great. You know, Ricketts will get a great reception from the Wolves I'm fans. I'm sure it will be. From what he achieved as captain to, to win the League One title there. It's a, it's a great tie. It's, I'm so looking forward to it. I don't think you'll find a Wolves or... A, t- a town fan or a Wolves fan that isn't looking forward to it, it'd be great. Give me a give me a team lineup prediction then. Okay, interesting question. Let me just jot something. I think it'll be this three four three I mentioned that works so well at Stoke, and and at Blackpool. Uh, Steve Arnold in goal. Uh, so going across the back three centre halves, you've got Omar Beckles. Yep. Luke Waterfall, Matt Sadler. Uh, so obviously it's wing backs. Mm-hmm. James Bolton, right wing back. Um, you'll have Anthony Grant Dave Edwards no <laughs> Anthony Grant will be the, the stopper the enforcer the bruiser next to Ollie Norburn yeah and left wing back is Ryan Haynes impressed with him recent weeks back in the team um, then just in front of that then you've got the, the three left in attack so it'll be your Greg Doherty and your Josh Loren as the advanced midfielders yeah behind the striker Fajiri Okunabiri I liked it a lot. Matching them up as well. Wolves run a 3-4-3 three, three line. Yeah, Wolves is slightly... Like, their three is more wide width, isn't it? Their, yeah. their advanced wingers. Don't like, tell Nuno that. Costing, Don't tell him he plays wingers. Cavaniere or, or whatever. But 
you know, Greg Doherty, Josh Lorena, centre midfielders. So mm. if they need to dip back in to be more solid, of course they will. Doherty and Lorena have got great engines. Um, I like that system. Um, hopefully Sean Worley, who played in the Central League Cup, huge player for Shrewsbury Town, Sean Worley, their best attacker in my opinion. Yeah. Been out since October. He is getting there by all accounts. They don't want to rush him, but I, I think I'd chuck him on the bench. Mm. The new boy, I think Sam Smith will be on the bench. A new boy, I think there's a chance Vince Lott, who's not cup tied, might make the bench. Uh, I don't think we'll see any of them start. Obviously, hopefully Dave on the bench. But to have Wally come, if, you know, if you need to, if you need a goal and you know it's level and you, you're able to shove Wally on and Dave, I mean, there's worse players to bring on, isn't there? So, um, is. so yeah, that's how I'd line up. And yeah, really looking forward to it. Give me a match prediction. I haven't even decided what I'm going to write in a paper yet. Um, I'm, I'm going to go for a plucky 3-2 defeat. Okay. My head says 2-1 Wolves. Okay. Yeah. And, and for the record, Wolves have kept one clean sheet in 16. Good good to concede a goal, aren't they? Yeah, well, yeah. And that's, So I think my head says 2-1 Wolves. My heart says 1-1. And I'm on a new replay. Um... I'm just not rewriting town off saying they're not going to win, but I'm yeah. trying to be the voice of, you know, realism. Okay, finish finish up the podcast then. If they pull it off, <laughs> yeah, and they get a win. Who do you round. want in the fifth round? Well, Liverpool are out because Wolves beat them. Yeah, so my lot are out. Um, which of man you play Arsenal, don't they? That's right. Um, so one of them will be out. City. I'd like a big away day at a big club. Um, Arsenal, United, Chelsea, City. I'd I'd like one of them away um, because I think that would be fantastic. If I had to pick one to work at away, it would be between City and United, just to be able to. I'd go for United. Work and experience the stadium. I think Town would have more chance at United than City. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> Yeah, either of them. I'd, I'd probably have to agree with you. If if I had to pick one beyond Anfield, you know, it'd probably be to do Old Trafford. Um, bring it on! Bring it Can't on! Can't wait! Can't wait for the for the day. It'll be a, a packed meadow, packed press box. It, is there a story written there? I think you know, forty years after that seventy eight seventy nine quarter final replay, is there a story that'll be a replay again? Could well be. Hopefully, I hope so. And yeah, let's see. Let's see indeed. So that about wraps it up from us. But first of all, a thank you to you, Lewis. Thank you, Luke. It's been good. I uh, I always have a hoarse throat after a podcast. I feel knackered. I don't know how you've managed to in one day, but there you go. Oh, mate, they're draining and they're a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it's a good effort to do too. Yeah. Uh, but no, a thank you to you, Lewis. And a thank you to everyone for listening. Let's hope Shrewsbury Town pull off a big old result enjoy the game enjoy the game